five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Toronto Defiant and Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, the sweet, sultry, dulcetones that have occasionally put people to sleep, joined virtually by Omni at Omni Strife. Welcome, Omni. Hey, hey, what's up? Not, not much. I mean, it's just you and I. Sam, uh, he's a no-show today. He decided he was too busy. Yeah. To speak to you, our our most loyal listeners, our most loyal uh, viewers. My sons are three and zero since the NBA restarted, and I have nobody to talk this with. You know, well, you could talk totally talk this. to me, but I have absolutely no clue what any <laughs> of that means, nor do I really care. Oh gosh, you know, I got to point out. Ever since this sort of reveal that we are now focusing on both the Titans as well as the Defiant, somehow that also introduced the ability for people to start talking about basketball in, in RSP court. Like if you're part of, of Ready Set Pwn's Discord, and if you're not, to join, it's discord.io slash Ready Set Pwn. People are talking basketball far too much. Like I'm going to have to set up like a bot that like automatically boots people who just start talking about uh, hoops. Why do we need a bot? We have you. You kind of do the same, so... Yeah, but bots are more efficient, more effective. That's true. That's true. Produce better results. Me, I just be- better I than in. more effective than a Canucks were. Hey. Oh yeah. Well, we are recording on a night where the Vancouver Canucks will be playing again, but this is not a Vancouver oh, yeah. Canucks podcast. Uh, <laughs> that podcast was last night. I recorded a, an episode for that, but uh, no, we are here, you and I, to recap the Battle of Canada Part Three, where the Vancouver Titans, spoiler alert, lost to the Toronto Defiant 3-2, or if your perspective is the Toronto Defiant beat the Vancouver Titans 3-2, it just simply meant that the Titans had to go play that extra game on Sunday against the Boston Uprising, where they did secure the 12th and final seed in the Countdown Cup. So we're going to have to, you know, set this upcoming weekend up for both the Defiant as well as the Titans, and whether or not one or both of them have it in them to go deep. There's also all sorts of other news going on in the world of the Overwatch League. Like this past weekend, which for many of us here in Canada was a long weekend. Uh, It wasn't so long for for Overwatch League fans. We got a whole lot of news that doesn't break on a Wednesday, which again, completely amazing. So we'll talk a little bit about that. New patch rolled out today. We got our summer games event live. So, you know what? Let's waste no further time and get ourselves into the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. So as we kick things off, we did let you know that the Toronto Defiant beat the Vancouver Titans 3-2, and you had sort of predicted that might be a possibility. Sam said 3-0 Sort of. Okay, fine. You did. I said 3-1 Defiant. The way this match started off, it was was clearly the Toronto Defiant that, that came to play. And then things started to change, and I think... We talked at sort of the path to victory if there was one for the Fighting River Titans. And I had sort of suggested mentals might be it. I think Sam sort of, you know, agreed with me. And we said that if the Titans were to get a, a map, like we didn't talk about more than one, we said a map. It is possible that Titans may be able to snowball. And arguably, that's kind of what we saw happen. Uh, this was very, I wouldn't say very similar to the 
May Melee uh, play-in match where the Vancouver Titans actually had an edge and had a winnable condition, whereas right. this one, Titans were trying to do the full reverse sweep. But the Defiant, you know, relied on the fact that they had uh, expertise with the meta I and mean, agilities played well as Genji, better than Dalton, although Dalton's Genji has significantly improved. And as much as I was bashing my head against the wall in the desk, seeing the Vancouver Titans roll out the Dalton Genji experiment, Maybe it did take four matches to to figure things out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was an interesting match, but before even the match started, it started being interesting. I remember they uh, they talked to Agilities and Rolf at the start, and they asked them if there is any added pressure. And Agilities were like, uh, "Yeah, there's no pressure at all." And then Rolf was like, "Yeah." We're out for revenge. <laughs> or, <laughs> it's serious. Well, the Battle of Canada carries with it some additional weight, and it's good that the two teams are are closer in competition. Right. We think back to last year. The Vancouver Titans were clearly the dominant team in, in the Canadian relationship. Yeah. This season, that edge now goes to the Toronto Defiant. Uh, arguably, and this you know, reinforced said these are two mid-tier teams. I'll give Toronto mid-tier. I don't think Vancouver's quite there yet. If they're mid-tier, it's like the bare bottom sneaking in when no one knows mid-tier. It's the bottom. It's the tier right above uh, Boston, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but uh, the competitiveness between the two teams, I think, is amplified because it truly is battle for Canada. I mean, it is something that Adam, when he joined us, uh, you know, many episodes ago, talked about. He had said that he talked to the team and said, it's very important we beat the Titans. This match means more. Than, than other matches, even if by just a little bit, because we want to be the the one that can claim we're Canada's team. And I, you know, I, we as a podcast now being a Canadian Overwatch podcast, I think it's good that you have two teams that are are, are getting more and more competitive, have the ability to provide for both groups of fans the opportunity to go and succeed. Right. Um, but, you know, looking back at the match itself, I mean, uh, Nepal, it was back and forth. The Titans actually showed well. They came out, yeah. won that first run, and then subsequently lost the next two. But you can see, like, Toronto had the almost the experience. They were able to go and capitalize on all the mistakes that the Vancouver right. Titans were making. Um, Havana, I mean, Havana's never been a map that Vancouver has handled too well, and it was an uphill slog uh, for, for the Titans. Um, the Defiant, clearly we're the dominant team here and we saw at one point the the defiant essentially set up shop on the second point doors and the titans couldn't you know do anything numlock was getting all the support that was necessary um agilities was going through and and harassing the back line and if the titans were to get past him logics was, was clicking heads like yeah the defiant were clearly the dominant team on havana I think there was a lot uh, uh, of of logic versus shockwave going on, especially in these two sec uh, first two maps. They were kind of <clears throat> looking for one another, mm -hmm. and I think logic had the ability to sometimes uh, take his gaze away from from his counterpart on you know the hit scan, and he was able to use some of those off angles to get those crucial picks. And I think it was <clears throat> extremely apparent that uh, shockwave, while in some points in in the and in, in these first, especially in Nepal, I think. Somebody needs to like check his computer if he has any aimbots installed. <laughs> but you don't get that value you would normally get uh, on, on some of the maps that we saw later. Or you don't really have a bob or a dynamite that you you really rely on those uh, uh, head clicks. And even if you are hitting those uh, uh, shots, it's still not enough. So that's kind of like um, the difference that I saw from from um, 
logics versus a shockwave fight. I don't think that like our tanks played um, too 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 much below uh, the duo on on the define and and the uh, uh, car car roof uh, finally got off the Lucio Moira uh, well, mix, uh, and it looked much, much well. Car car's brig was was oh, managed. Yeah. Now, one curiosity for me is we didn't see Kareev come in for Toronto. Right, it was right. is Rocky and Cruz. Um, that obviously provides for a different look for the Defiant. Um, I think it worked, but I mean, if Kareev was there, is it a much different uh, experience? Does do the Titans start sort of getting momentum yeah. on their side? There was a lot of talk about uh, Rocky being the better BAP. I don't know. I haven't seen enough to actually gauge that if it's mm-hmm. true true or not. Maybe it's load management. I'm not sure. Where things started to really change, though, was Nambani. So right. Nambani point A, the Toronto Defiant arguably had the first point one, and Rolf decided, nah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm mad now. And as a BAP, he got himself a 3K. Like, a 3K that happened because we saw the kill feed, but we had no idea what was happening because the observers didn't realize. Yeah. Like, I mean, everyone in their their uncle would have presumed, oh, yeah, Toronto's won this point. Like, they, they got the initial, I think, two picks, and, you know, observers were focused on the point. Yeah, they're going to cap. Meanwhile, Rolf's over there going ham. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's sort of the... Uh, the Hulk, you know, you don't want to make Rolf angry. It was, yeah, it was the far left, uh, um, you know, approach to the point. That's why I probably didn't see it. Uh, but it was picks, like crucial picks also on, on the tanks uh, in the back and, and the agilities was pretty uh, weak. You still got to hit those shots. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Titans not only delay that first point, they then set up a solid hold right. going towards second point. Uh, and again, we're arguably winning fights that I think in previous weekends, the Titans lose. I mean, there was that statistic where yeah. when they had first death, they lost every team fight, subsequent team. Like there's no wins. I don't know what the statistic was for this particular match. It's not something I had gone and looked up, but it felt to me that the Titans still had the ability to go and gut out a fight right. where they did go down a man early. Now, how much is that with comfortability? So you had Orissa back in, which is right. distinctly Shredlock's best hero when it comes to being the main tank. Uh, you had Karkar, who was quite accomplished on Brig. Rolf playing Bap extremely well. Like they, It almost seemed as if the, the Titans were finding their comfortability in the fact that hero pools didn't take away their, their best heroes. Uh, also, as we mentioned earlier, the Dalton Genji experiment, mm. he actually started looking good on, on Genji. Like going into this, there was there was no business that the Titans had to even have a, a Genji pick. Like Agilis had that fight one hands down before the match had even started, and it Dalton yeah. was doing really well. Uh, and then we also saw Shockwave floating around with a McCree between an Ash and and then occasionally I think we saw an Echo, if I'm memory serves me correct. But the McCree pick seemed odd, but it seemed to also limit what Agilities was able to do when he started to try to dash through and, and build up his own. Yeah, it's much scarier to go into like a character with such a CC where you can just demolish him. But no, but I'm 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 uh, completely in agreement with you where uh, Dalton, he's not like an EQO. He's not like a world-class Genji yet. However, if you compare that to 
what he was, the amount of improvement, like going from week to week was, was amazing, especially in this Numbani. I think he locked up that last fight where he clutched out those massive blades and, and mm -hmm. yeah, it was pretty impressive again, especially just because we didn't expect that level of play from him, but he has been, um, always improving. I, I hats off to the guy. He's, he's popping off. Yeah. And then we had Volskaya, where the Vancouver oh. Titans and Toronto <laughs> Defiant had a map go longer, wow. almost longer, let me phrase that. I think it was like a minute shorter than the entire match the Titans had against the San Francisco Shock. Oh. Uh, it, it was madness. Now, uh, I was part of the uh, the Vancouver, or sort of the um, uh, Toronto Defiant Court and RSP Court uh, virtual watch party, great root beer uh, from the Toronto Flight, Toronto Discord. Uh, he set it up. And we as a collective group were sort of talking about this map going into it. And I said, I gave the advantage to the Titans in so much that the Titans play two CP balls to the wall. It is all about aggression, not right. so much about defense past point one. Titans always hold, have a good hold on point one. And then for some reason, point two is a struggle. What's defense? Well, it's apparently where you have, you actually prevent the other team from uh, winning, but the Toronto Defiant, they're, or they're a more conservative team when it comes to their approach. They look for mistakes, which is what they, they did. And the difference here was the Titans continued to capture points with time in hand, whereas Toronto continued to capture points, but eventually ran out of time. Now, at one point when chat was visible, I think it was like, was it Roki was saying he's having fun? Uh, Shockwave was like slapping the, the snooze uh tags yeah. uh it was just we actually joked did the toronto defiant throw volskaya simply knowing that they were going to be able to close out the titans on li jang throw back to season two where they really like to extend their matches maybe maybe but i mean I'm, again i'm not taking away from the titans like they titans played volskaya probably the best we've seen yeah the titans play volskaya even comparatively to the old roster you know, Volskaya was one of those maps where, yes, they had success, but there seems seemed to be, if there was a map, a 2CP map, the Titans could possibly lose. Volskaya happened to be it. Uh, or Paris. Paris sucked too. Uh, but Paris sucked for everyone. Yeah. I like, to me, it was a testament of their character, really, never giving up, despite, like, Toronto always coming back and coming back. There was a lot of uh, clutch moments or, or hero moments, uh, if you... If you want to call it that i i was really impressed with uh you know how how um gum, gumptious there was like there was a lot of gumption if that's the word right yeah a lot of guts and in, in that uh, in those constant pushes there were like a lot of massive plays especially like ksa playing really well on that sigma with the accretion uh, that he got off and hit um you know and, and stopped the flux from the other uh, other uh, tank it was impressive it was impressive i was uh cheering i was uh quite uh into it yeah and at this point you now have a 2-2 tie and if there was one thing that i had begged in our last episode please give us an entertaining match right uh, i simply wanted to enjoy what it was i was going to be watching on on the afternoon and thoroughly enjoy this now granted i'm going to be the first to admit maybe if i had to go and get off the fence. I might sort of side with the Titans. A uh, couple reasons. I am based in Vancouver, so apologies for that. But I also search here for the underdog. Toronto was clearly the the odds-on favorite. 
Yep. That said, going into Lijiang Tower, uh, the Vancouver Titans, again, gave us much of what we're accustomed to, the inability to adapt. And the Toronto Defiant, having effectively scouted what the Titans aren't able to deal with, uh, proceeded to play the strat of Simgo Bzz and go <laughs> Boom. Oh, not unlike us here in Vancouver, whenever the weather goes above 20 Celsius, uh, we just got melted there. It's something that we also saw in the other match that came. Uh, we don't really have a counter to that weird uh, Sim Junkrat composition. They just go in. Maybe it's it's because we feel so comfortable with that double shield approach. Maybe. Well, but that's the thing. It's like you think about the double shield with Sim. So Sim's like, oh, cool. I'm going to go and charge my my beam. <laughs> yeah. And Junk's just going like, oh, cool. I'm going to go and break your shields. Like the difficulty that I see with the Vancouver Titans is that they see this and they're like, well. What do we, I guess we'll die now. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, I, I, I don't understand why they would not. Okay. okay you don't have to maybe throw out the Sim. Maybe you're not going to come out and try to do it. Why not counter with your own junk or, yeah. or try to. Echo would be nice. Against well, we, and we, we did see end, Echo come up, but again, by then it's a little too late. Like yeah. I, I don't know what the Vancouver Titans plan on doing every time that they see the, the Sim junk trotted out. But if teams are smart, Sim go bzz, junk go boom, Titans go belly up. Yeah. So Toronto takes that to in five, best of, or three, two, best of five. And as a result, that meant Toronto, uh, based on the results of the weekend, which we'll get into in the fray, found themselves getting into a, a, an advantageous pick. Slightly, but still advantageous. However, for the Vancouver Titans, that loss meant that they needed to play the Boston Uprising. Even though the Houston Outlaws found a way to get themselves with an 0-4 record, the Vancouver Titans map differential uh, did them no favors considering they lost the first three matches of the month uh, 3-0. So, Sunday, Titans take on the Boston Uprising. Now, prior to this match, I jumped into the weekly Uprising uh, podcast Discord. It's actually uh, the podcast that Omni and I had joined uh, a few weeks back to, to talk a little bit about uh, Titans Uprising matchup. And there were a number of people there that were, one, happy that they were facing off against the Titans. And I'm not going to deny that if you had to go and pick a team that you were going to take on, the Titans are probably the team you want to place against because you know they're, they're going on the uphill. But there was some definitive confidence that seemed to be misplaced. I would not be one to go and suggest the Boston Uprising are in a good place either. And when this match kicked off, we did see Boston having, again, scouted relatively well, mm -hmm. determined that the Vancouver Titans did struggle with the Sim junk strap. Right. Now, that said, Boston didn't commit to that. And the Vancouver Titans came out even more coordinated than they did against the Toronto Defiant. And I mean, going back to that Toronto Defiant match, in the virtual watch party, there were many Defiant fans who were saying, wow, this Vancouver Titans team looks coordinated. They're actually playing together. They're playing as if they've been playing well. And so maybe that's the, it's finally all coming together. Well, against Boston, the Vancouver Titans are really coordinated. We also saw Shockwave go on a McCree pick uh, early on, which seemed kind of odd, but the Titans started winning team fights. They gutted things out. Right. They took that first map on Oasis. They did lose the second one when, again, the force to go to Rhine, not Shred's uh, best hero. Yeah, and uh, the Lucio Moira again. Well. Yeah, like, you know, the thing, essentially the strats that don't work. But then, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
wrap mount round three and Titans 100 0 Boston. Yeah. Like they they looked dominant. The Dalton uh, on on the Genji and Shockwave McCree, nonetheless. Yeah, good it com- looked great. It was a good combo, quite effective too. Yeah, and and Karkar and and uh, Shockwave really well uh, played really well in that uh, third map on Gardens, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. And then because the uh, play in is similar to playoffs, it was loser pick. So Boston chose Kings Row. The Vancouver Titans did well to hold point one until Boston adjusted. So we saw, I think it was uh, Jerry switched off of the widow to the ash. Right. And the moment that that adjustment took place, the Titans folded like a cheap uh, set of cards. Yeah. Myung Bong also had a few, a good place there. Yeah. And then they snowballed like Vancouver collectively could not do anything until it was like close to the third point. Boston arguably had an opportunity to have a significant time bank and Vancouver uh, had no answer. Mm-hmm. So this looked like this was going to turn in the favor of the Boston uprising swap ends. Vancouver goes on the attack and Vancouver just goes and says, we're taking point a, see you guys later. You just walk on there. Like, I don't think they <laughs> took their finger off the W key. No. And this is like, you know, shred as, as Arissa, they just walked around the corner. I can't remember who it was. They got it as the first pick. If it was, was it, Halo, maybe? I can't remember who it was. Oh, yeah. They dropped. Uh, Jerry went down soon after that. Well, no, Chex went down soon after that, and then Jerry had fallen, yeah. and it was like, yeah, was we'll take the point. Quick. Yeah, we'll just be here. And Go then away. the Titans struggled to get through the archway, as they have been known to do, but once they got through, then it was a pretty consistent push. You had Dalton's blades uh, oh, putting yeah. in solid work. Uh, Shockwave was not winning the battle against Jerry too well, but the Titans were, were limiting what color hex was able to do. Fusions and punk were just, they were having a rough time matching up yeah. against KSA I, and shred again. Uh, great shutdowns on the Genji blades this match. And then uh, Titans, you know, get through and got, yeah, so they were going to going extras and uh, going to extras. Uh, the Vancouver Titans with, uh, with time remaining, and proceed essentially do the same thing. Yeah. Like it's as if Boston was like, oh, okay, so that, this is what you did last time. Yeah. We'll, we'll stop you this time. And, and Vancouver's <laughs> like, yeah, cool. No problem. We'll see you on the other side. Um, Boston also didn't play around like they did on their, their attack phase. But unlike the first time where the switch caught the Titans by surprise, this time around the Titans were like, oh no, we got this. Again, coordination and not maybe not necessarily adaptation, but a better understanding of, of the flow of the game and the game mechanics. Yeah, I, I really felt that uh, Boston themselves were kind of frightened uh, of the of the Dalton uh, Genji. I was so proud of that guy at that point. They were literally just backing off <laughs> whenever he pulled out that blade. Yeah. And then uh, that sets up a 2-0 league going into Hanamura, which again mm. was an interesting pick by Boston. Um, right. Again, two CP. So if there's one advantage the Titans have is two CP. The disadvantage the Titans have control. So if you're playing against the Titans, win your two controls and get one of hybrid or escort. Two CP is the one you'll probably have difficulty with unless you already got your first two wins. Right. The Titans again, full aggro. <laughs> Boston couldn't slow them down. Boston made a whole lot of mistakes. The uprising 
Um, at one point, they dropped like, was it a, a window upstairs, like up on the upper level of of Hanamura? And, on the first push? Yeah, on the first, like. Yeah. And then they invested in, they essentially invested every single alt they had on defend to lose that fight. Like the Vancouver Titans had no business coming out of it. And yet when all yeah. said and done, I think it was like Rolf, Shredlock, and I want to say Shockwave all capping the point. Meanwhile, whomever's left is handling the, the fight. I think Rolf, no, Rolf was still out because he had his disc up. Um, whereas Boston, Boston needed Bob to cap first tick for them. Like right. it was distinct difference between these two teams. And you could tell Boston was starting to just completely snap. Yeah. Right. right. It was more apparent even in like the overtime pushes in the time bank. Uh, Shockwave just went in, clicked a bunch of heads again on the widow. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was a quick game. Yeah. So that win, that 3-0 win, or three Overwatch as it's aptly known, meant that the Vancouver Titans secured the 12th seat. That means they are going through the Countdown Cup. Meanwhile, the Boston Uprising get themselves another weekend off, <laughs> unfortunately for them. Yeah. So what does that all pan out to be? Well, the Vancouver Titans, being that they were the 12th seed, didn't have to wait too long to be picked. The Atlanta Reign, who picked first, picked the Titans. I don't see why the rain wouldn't pick the Titans. If there was ever any argument, you might say they're maybe concerned about what they saw from the Titans and they would go with Houston, but Titans were the, the worst seed. It's the smart play there. So that means on Friday at 12 noon Pacific three Eastern, the Vancouver Titans are going to take on the Atlanta rain. Meanwhile, the Toronto defiant, while they actually finished sort of with the advantageous pick, uh, they simply got leftovers and the leftovers were the LA gladiators that match taking place at 6 PM Pacific, 9 PM Eastern on Friday. So let's talk about the defiant or sorry, the Titans rain match first. It's difficult to understand what the Atlanta rain are going to go and provide the Vancouver Titans. They have had a number of changes to their roster. Yeah. Not to suggest that their roster is weaker. I mean, the loss of Baby Bay hurts. Uh, and and he was completely in Shockwave's mind the last time these two teams met. But thinking back to that match, it's not like the Vancouver Titans looked bad against the Rain. The Rain simply had the experience and the ability to adapt that the Titans lacked. So is there a winning condition that the Titans can access to beat the rain in this, this match. I think there is, I don't think um, the rain are in the upper echelon. Everybody calls them the gatekeeper to, you know, mediocrity in, in the overwatch league. And they are, I think on paper, at least are better than the defined are right now. If you look like across the roster, the tank line, the, the support line, uh, they look a bit better, but, Definitely, they have those up and down games where they can just like boom mentally or, or mm. almost throw in a way. And, and the Vancouver Titans, likewise, sometimes have those game games where they play out of their minds. Uh, uh, w- there definitely is a condition where or a situation where Vancouver wins. But if you play like 10 games, maybe it just happens once or twice out of those yeah. 10 games. The, you know, in... In uh, Twitch chat here, you know, Tom Maxwell is talking about the Dalton Genji versus the Edison Genji <laughs> um, with a couple of emotes, uh, one Pog Champ, the other one so much. I, I um, 
Hey, if if Dalton keeps improving at the same pace he he's okay. doing so far, but we've we've really okay. I guess I said we we only seen one. We saw two <laughs> matches where where the Dalton Genji looks to be get becoming better, but that, yeah. again, the Atlanta Rain have an ability to adapt and I think deal with a Dalton Genji that maybe the Boston sure. Uprising couldn't, and Toronto to to some respect couldn't either. I, I'm not suggesting that this is going to be a, a three Overwatch match. I think the Titans have an opportunity to to possibly, you know, equip themselves well. But I just, you Do know, know I, I, if, if the Genji nerfs come through uh, in this, tournament. I don't believe so. Like, I mean, the difficulty is that with the, how the Overwatch League is functioning this year, is there's no true stages. Stages seem to be the gatekeeper, but then right. also, and the postseason did playoffs. Okay. I would imagine if the Genji nerf is going to come through, it would be coming through after the Countdown Cup. Mm. Right, so... I guess it's time to bring out the Torb. Yeah, go full Torb? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Torb, Torb is the answer. Torb and Ryan. Yeah, well, if they if they bring out the Sim Junk, it's a 3-0 to Atlanta, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so... Obviously, Titans significant underdog, and the fact that it's an early Friday afternoon makes it uh, equally difficult for us as fans to uh, catch the match. But, you know, hopefully uh, it works out for the Titans. So let's fast forward to the Toronto fight taking on the LA Gladiators. This one's tough for me to predict. I feel Toronto has the advantage going in, but the difficulty is who is it that they're going to be playing? The Glads or the Sads? If it's the Gladiators, oh, it's clearly Toronto. But if it's the Gladiators, like, the Gladiators, they're like the epitome of that movie Any Given Sunday. (laughs) Right. Uh, I'll take Toronto in in both cases. Even if they do play against the decent uh, Gladiators team, I think they have the upper hand. And especially in this meta, I, I give them the the condition to win. Or, or, yeah, I think Toronto is winning this one. Yeah. Uh, close is it close if it's the glads not if it's the sads or is this a toronto a definitive toronto win regardless oh it's a hard one to call if it's a close one or not because we've you know if sam was here he would tell you will the toronto defiant find ways to defiant themselves yeah but the gladiators do that even better True. That's why, that's however you want to call it. Hence, why we call them the Sadiators from time to time. Mm. Oh, I hate this mat- matchup. Really, <laughs> it's so hard to predict. No, and I, you know, in fairness as well, you know, when we look at this match, you've got uh, seven versus eight. Like the, the 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 matchup is defined by leftovers. No one took the Gladiators too. The Toronto Defiant are one spot ahead. Uh, when it came to the record, they were essentially equivalent. Like it. It's a tough one, and yeah. I especially don't really know who who uh, the Toronto Defiant are going to play. Are they going to play Kareev or Rocky again? But we see Surefire come back. You don't know. I don't know if we see Surefire come in over, no. over um, Logics. I, I yeah. you know, I'm I'm going with Toronto here. I I just am struggling. Is it like a three two or a three one? Yeah. Like, is it that they lose a map but they're still in control, or is it like a tight fight? that they have to, to cut themselves out. I mean, regardless of, of whether the Titans or the Defiant win, Saturday is a tough, tough matchup, just with how NA has, has trickled out. Yeah. I'll like, say 
Three two. Okay, and I'm I'm going to go three two for the the defiant as well. Um, I know we didn't go and give a prediction for the Vancouver Titans. I mean, and I was sort of wondering if we even should. Sam will be three zero because he's contractually obligated to say the Titans are going to sweep that one. I would say maybe the Titans get a map off of the rain. Maybe. Oh. Because like you said, three two for the Defiant la- this past weekend, but I don't feel that the rain or the Defiant. I feel the rain. All right, I, I have a prediction. It's kind of a cop out, but I, I'm gonna say it's gonna be three one either for the Titans or for the rain. It's not gonna so be one a way, So it's one or the other. Right, not a three two. Okay, interesting. Interesting, hedging your bet. So, more to be known this weekend. Again, Friday, matches kick off. If you happen to be on the East Coast and you're wanting to watch the Defiant, it's pretty late for you. And if you happen to be on the West Coast and you want to watch the Titans, it's pretty early. You know, it's as if they could have swapped those two matches and it would have worked out well for Canada. But I do get <laughs> Canada is somewhat of an afterthought. It's unfortunate. And I'm also discounting the fact there are many people in Europe as well as Asia who have investment in the, these these matches themselves, too. Isn't there just like one Canada time? That's probably what these people are thinking. Yeah, like the Canada time zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canada is only so big. Everyone knows John. Moose (laughs) o'clock. Yeah, exactly. Um, Other news that uh, happened in the realm of the Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant uh, this past week. Uh, Overactive Media, so the parent company of the Toronto Defiant, they announced that Mitch Marner, who happens to be a Toronto Maple Leaf, so an NHL hockey player, he's actually joined uh, OAM as a part owner as well as their brand ambassador, which is kind of cool. And they begged the question in our speak word. Well, if the Vancouver Titans are owned by Canuck Sports Entertainment or like in the convoluted who knows what, but the Aquilini family yeah. is Canuck Sports Entertainment, why are there no Canucks players investing? I truly don't know. I actually uh, wondered if it would be due to the complex nature of the NHL collective bargaining agreement where you have an NHL owner who owns the Titans. So if a player were to buy in, might that be perceived as something to do with remuneration? Whereas Mitch Marner buying into OAM, OAM doesn't own the Toronto Maple Leafs. So yeah, again, don't know. Or it could be that the Vancouver Canucks just don't have players who are sort of looking at to for farther down the line, but I think it's cool that ha- they're having, you know, someone like Mitch get involved. And, you know, I should also concede like Luminosity, who's part of this, vancouver picture some way shape or form they have brand ambassadors themselves so yeah i I, i'd say it's probably like his own personal business uh decision and and some people are ahead of the curve or kind of early adopters i expect to see way more of this you know going forward in the next uh years where athletes invest into esports teams it's not it's not unprecedented already but it's just Mm -hmm. gonna go grow more and more but I also think it it's exciting because it adds legitimacy to the to esports uh, oh, yeah. world. I mean, this is this is great news, and I think to see this type of diversity and investment taking place is is good. Like this is sort of the second announcement. Like when the Toronto Defiant had shared, or OAM had shared that they're looking at uh, building an esports facility in Toronto, uh, or at least the rumor was, is there was social yeah. investment from uh, yeah someone in uh, the hotel industry. So again, diversity and investment means right. that uh, people see the business as one they want to get into as yeah. one that's going to be profitable. Especially when you can bring on like athletes or celebrities, even though it might not be like a huge investment, but just having someone who is a public figure out there, mm-hmm. is a good sign. Totally. 
And then uh, the other Toronto Defiant news, and this is not really news, it's old news, but it's new because the announcement or re-announcement occurred, but uh, Chris Infante has uh, been officially announced as the assistant coach for strategy and scouting. If you're curious, well, why is it re-announced? Well, Chris had actually been announced as being an assistant coach. His handle, however, uh, was one that uh, created uh, some controversy because it inferred a term that while not as prevalent in North America as being um, vulgar, it was international. So his new handle is GlitchyXE, which, first of all, uh, as we said on Twitter, we applauded the fact that both the Toronto Defiant as well as Chris committed to making that adjustment because, to me, that shows commitment to to mental health and, and values beyond simply saying, we stand behind these values, the actions speak much louder than those words do. So, uh, you know, again, if you didn't notice this, uh, that adjustment is huge. It, it speaks very highly, I think, of the organization. And I think there are many other organizations, both in the professional sports world as well as esports, that could learn something, you know, from, from this type of investment, especially when it comes to adjusting something as personal as a name. It would be no different if people were to go and tell me light force is an issue and here's what I have issues with and then me making that adjustment anyhow big news not a whole lot going on at the vancouver titans front uh, the froster cups are continuing to come out this week it's dalton so head down to your local circle k buy yourself a froster get yourself a cup oh. to collect all six over the course of the six weeks that they're available you can then take a picture and enter to win a i think it's homestand tickets next year ish mm. something like that Man, I'd go for a froster right now, but oh, so would I. Like, I need Circle K to come here and install a froster machine. And- <laughs> Ooh, it'll just gonna sit in there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're gonna take ourselves a short break before we dive into the fray. about the week that was we're going to start off last friday uh where the philadelphia fusion kicked off the weekend 3-0ing the dallas fuel followed by a pretty tight match between the la valiant and houston outlaws which finished 3-2 for the valiant this one was entertaining to say the least the houston outlaws arguably had this match won and the la valiant were simply racing to the point i can't remember who it was that came in on ball someone came in on a tracer like again it's just the the stall where you're just you know, I often refer to it, it's like the football version of the, the victory formation where everyone right. lines up and lets the quarterback kneel down to kill the clock. That's what the Houston Outlaws were doing. Yet the Valiant were able to actually not only win the fight, flip the point, but win the map and win 3-2. Oh, man. It was painful to watch. You know, and the funny thing is, is about that match is that by losing the Houston Outlaws set up a condition that the Vancouver Titans potentially had to get themselves out of the basement. If they had beat the Toronto defiant, no one I think had really given too much thought to the outlaws has having a chance. And then suddenly they were playing because they were struggling to serve the, the Genji uh, Ash. They switched to a, a, a somber Ash and had some value there with Dante on. Right. Uh, but again, Valiant one, 
three two and yeah i see atomic skull wrote that it was dreamer on the ball in the gravy sure. with the, oh, yeah. I, I just remember like again it was it was essentially a victory formation for the outlaws and yet the valiant somehow figured out a way to win it's uh, gruesome but it's hard to look away it is true uh then uh, kicking off on saturday we had the hangzhou spark beat the london spitfire 3-0 shanghai dragons beat the new york excelsior 3-1 the paris eternal beat the washington justice 3-1 as we already know the toronto defiant beat the vancouver titans 3-2 and then the san francisco shock three overwatch the houston outlaws uh with super uh back in the game and uh then the conversation about it's not him memeing when he does things like this i am sorry you, I, I get what Super's trying to say, but if he's not memeing, your organization can't be memeing it. Like, you can't have it go both ways. So, I mean, I have no problem with Super coming in as Ganji if, if he arguably provides an opportunity to just test different sort of looks out. Uh, but complaining that, you know, people consider it a meme and, and disrespectful. Yeah. Uh, it's the same thing that people were talking about with uh, Chips of playing against uh, that little map against Vancouver. Hey, you want to prove them uh, as memers? Just beat that team. Exactly. Make, make their words. He was playing well. What do you want? Like, well, and I had actually I talked about like the week before where the Vancouver Titans were facing off the San Francisco Shock. I joked, oh, they should put Twilight on Genji and see what yeah. happens, right? Like he, <laughs> he wasn't worse than Tayo. No, he. he Arguably, he did it very, very well. I mean, he got slept a handful of times by yeah. Repel, but... Hey, had it been, if it was raucous... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, on Sunday, the Atlanta Reign uh, beat the Dallasville 3-1. Florida Man beat the LA Gladiators 3-1. The Philadelphia Fusion beat the LA Valiant 3-0. And as we already talked about, getting themselves into the Countdown Cup with the Vancouver Titans beating the Boston Uprising 3-0. So that sets up the uh, the weekend that will be. And I actually sort of skipped over the f- matches to watch. I mean, the Dragons Excelsior really wasn't much of a match to watch as you and I had hoped it would be. Uh, but uh, again, the weekend was a tough weekend to make those picks. Right. So the weekend that will be, we can only talk about Friday. And the matchups right now on Friday, kicking things off at noon Pacific at 3 p.m. Eastern, the Vancouver Titans Atlanta Rain, followed by the Houston Outlaws Elliott Valiant at Two Pacific, five Eastern. Washington Justice Dallas Fuel at four Pacific, seven Eastern. And then the LA Gladiators Toronto Defiant, as we've already set up, at six Pacific, nine Eastern. The uh, Rain Valiant Fuel all got to choose who they got to play. Defiant got leftovers. Valiant Outlaws. The Valiant were... Okay, I'm going to pause here. The Valiant were definitely a team who was confident in picking the Outlaws. And the Outlaws are not the same Outlaws prior to last weekend as they will be this weekend with the changes that sort of took place there. But um, I kind of wonder if Houston can win this. Like, if there's an upset to be had, to me, that's it. I say they can, but they won't. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know. I I have more faith in the Valiant. Like Justice Fuel, like this one, okay, you might say, well, the Justice could upset the Fuel. To me, those are two evenly matched teams. Right. Like, I don't feel, yes, the Justice were the lower seed, but I don't feel that Justice Fuel or Gladiators Defiant are clearly underdog and favorites. Right. It's about to uh, become very uh, tight here in the bottom. We're going to talk about it soon. Yeah. 
But uh, regardless of who wins on Friday in NA, your matchups are going to be the San Francisco Shock, the Paris Eternal, the Philadelphia Fusion, the Florida Ma'am. Shock Eternal are clearly top in NA. Fusion are right there knocking on the door. Ma'am, they're kind of top of the mid-tier, maybe the entry to yeah. the top tier. But but Shock Eternal are, are nasty right now when it comes to the right. Overwatch League. As far as the uh, the Asia region is concerned, we've got the London Spitfire taking on the Chengdu Hunters, the Seoul Dynasty taking on the Hangzhou Spark, uh, the New York Excelsior taking on the Guangzhou Charge, and then uh, eventually someone will play the Shanghai Dragons and the subsequent matches thereafter. Is that so, this weekend too? That's also this weekend too. Oh, yeah, okay. so that's all this weekend. Sure. But um, to kick things off in Asia... The Chengdu Hunters, I would say, are my favorite. Yeah, the Dragons got the bye. But the the Hunters, I think, if I recall, the Hunters would have to go through London in the winner of the Spark Dynasty. Mm -hmm. And I could see the Hunters getting wins against all three of those teams, which gets them into a final against one of the Excelsior Charge or Dragons. Uh, Hey, if there's a time, the time is now. Well, they've... It's like they aiming meta. It doesn't matter what kind of chaos <laughs> Chengdu throws out. The Asian region can't deal with it. Like I, uh, all we can do is say amen. Yeah, <laughs> funny. I get that. <laughs> uh, coming back over to NA though, uh, which of the shock or eternal are going to win at this time? Mm, you, it like, all depends if uh, if super gets to play the genji they oh, win it all <laughs> yeah i don't luck. know i i feel like um the shock are actually better now because they had a bit of like a, a weird experiment experimentations with their lineup and now with striker in it in there uh they might have the edge but with sparkle xz who knows like the overall team is better on the shock side but i'd give the as a dps duo uh paris looks better yeah. I uh, so looking back at the summer showdown, the the shock did not have a Genji. Like they in fact, you know, Krusty had said we thought Tracer was the way it kind of could have been, but it didn't work out and Paris clearly had sparkle. Now that the shock have Tayo, I might suggest it's a much more even matchup between the two if they were to face off. I still I give the edge to the Eternal, but... I don't know if it's a much of an equalizer with Tayo. Tayo is... Let's say if, if like... Do, where's my camera? If Dalton is, like, here, right? And then Sparkle is up here. I'd say uh, Tayo is much closer to Dalton than he is to really? Sparkle. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. we're super in this uh, ladder. Oh, he's way, he's not even like ranked. It's like a tier above. Yeah. It's the mental game. He's undefeated, right? So this is true. This is true. He, um, the way he like performs, it's not just killing your team; it's killing the entire fan base. <laughs> so it's a whole nother level. Oh, uh, okay. So I mean, based on this, you have the eternal winning NA. I didn't say that, but you know, I'll take. I'll take. Yeah, I'll. I'll pick. I'll pick uh, eternal again. Like, because I mean, it, it would have to be the like. If it's not the shock, then it would have to be the fusion. I don't see oh. any of the uh, eight teams playing on Friday. I mean, yeah, any given Sunday. But the Overwatch League right now has clearly a top tier 
in NA. That is, is, is well-defined. Asia, I think, has a top tier, but it's kind of convoluted with the aiming uh, meta. That yeah, 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 yeah. I, I wasted my my uh, prediction capacity on that Guangzhou pick, so I'm not mm-hmm. really sure now. Okay. I'll take that. Uh, but a whole lot of Overwatch to watch this weekend. Make sure you're logged in, watching on the app or overwatchleague.com. Earn those tokens, buy those skins, have a good time. Now, the Overwatch League itself uh, just went through its uh, roster change deadlines, or let me phrase the roster, like roster additions, signings, trades. And uh, there's been a whole lot of activity since our last episode. Let's talk a little bit about the Atlanta rank. So, as we've talked about in previous episodes, the Atlanta Rain saw a number of retirements uh, with, you know, Baby Bay leaving, Kodak moving upstairs. Well, they've signed Saucy as a DPS, and uh, is it LR1S? Iris? Lyris? Yeah. I'm not sure how to, how to pronounce that. I guess it's that. Iris, not Iris. Lyris, yeah, it's probably Iris. Uh, flex support, uh, both joining Atlanta Rain. The likelihood is, is we'll see uh, Iris this weekend. Uh, Saucy, I'm not entirely sure. Saucy. It reminds me of Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. was it Toasty? No, I think it was Toasty. Mm-hmm. You didn't play those old uh, arcade games? Or I, the, I think I one did. of the developers would just pop Get out. over but, here. Oh. <laughs> Fatality. Uh, the Hangzhou Spark released their head coach, Mask. And that meant former Vancouver Titans head coach, Pajon, is now taking over. Pajon mm-hmm. only just joined the Spark, I want to say, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So maybe the... The spark had uh, the uh, the writing already on the wall. Houston saw the retirement of Rockus, who is rumored to be going over to Valorant. I don't know if the announcement has been made yet, but uh, Rockus has left Houston. Yeah. And not to be outdone in the state of Texas, the Dallas oh, Fuel yeah. currently are burning. It's a dumpster fire. Like, not just blue. So this all (laughs) broke yesterday. The first news that broke was Decay was released. Rewind only, what, a month ago, and it's quite clear that Decay not being in the lineup suddenly made the fuel a bottom-tier team. So the fact that Decay gets released now is all sorts of crazy. Like he was in the conversation for like league MVP because of the impact yeah. he had on the Dallas fuel. Now Hastro comes out on social media, the essentially you know owner of the, the Dallas Fuel co-owner, and says, "Yeah, we tried with this player, but uh, he had no desire to work with the coaches and do things, and we don't want that toxicity around our team. So yeah. peace be with him." Now, this is not the first time that we've seen the Dallas Fuel trot out. The player doesn't want to work with us. Toxicity, all this stuff. Peace be with them. And adding further fuel to the fire that the Fuel themselves had lit, you had other Overwatch League staffers come to the defense of former Fuel players by suggesting that, hey, uh, no such problems with them. We're not entirely sure what they're talking about. And then you have others that are saying, oh, cool, decay. Don't you want to come to us? Like I think it was the Fusion. Uh, who actually said, oh, yeah, it didn't work out this offseason, but hey, we've got a seat for you if you want it. Like, 
this and so this on its own has already like lit the the grapevine uh, uh, Twitter. Like people are just like, what's going on? What's going on? Then news comes out that they've released a Canadian uh, Tickety. He was the assistant coach, so that's weird. Tickety uh, left, uh, released a statement himself saying it caught him by surprise. He had no indication that this was going to be the case, and that he would like to get back into the Overwatch League. So, okay, that's interesting. So a player that won't work with your coaches you've released and then you decide to reduce one of your coaches. So, again, people are like, oh, this is really weird. What's going on? Um, and collectively, Arrow was the name that people said needed to be replaced. The problem is, is that uh, they just had to wait a little bit longer because then the Dallas Fuel released a statement that say, peace be with Arrow. Like, they, they completely said, yeah, we decided to you know, send him packing. He's no longer here. Arrow releases a statement says I elected to leave. Of course. Right. But over the course of one day, the Dallas fuel have gutted their coaching staff and released their top. Well, arguably their top DPS player all happening. Just what a day or days after the deadline to have any one of them join another organization. Yeah, I get the excuse of you not wanting to play or face him uh, um, on a competitor, right? But, like, come on, Dallas. You're not getting anything done in the offseason anyways. So I'm not I'm not a fan of this uh, maneuver. It's it's not the first time we see this in the Overwatch League. It's just well, no. Well, it's not, so there's two things here. One, the Dallas field kind of like we're, we're a Vancouver Titans podcast originally. Trust us when we can say that the Vancouver Titans look bad this year. We, yeah, we're going to clear, going to tell you this. In fact, I think there would some that say the Toronto Defiant have had their own struggles, but the Dallas field here, they're just taking it to an entirely new level. There are two weeks left in the season. This is a team that arguably had a shot. And they decided now was the time to say, peace be with you, because that makes you better. Like, if this was a problem that, that was that big, that needed to have been dealt with already. You don't deal with it now. This is, this is to use the traditional sports example, this is a team that's making a push to the playoffs, suddenly going and saying, we give up. Yeah. Yeah. Ever since this started, you know, all the signs were pointing like this being Dallas and suddenly, oh, we want to test a new, you know, a new approach or a new roster. Oh, DK is actually like taking a re- It's all uh, a lot of bull crap, right? Mm-hmm. If it looks like poo and it smells like poo, it's probably not chocolate. And, and with Dallas, <laughs> we just have a pattern going forward. Imagine the Titans uh, uh, losing a roster like we did three seasons in a row. That's pretty much what's going on with Dallas. So, uh, yeah. And I, again, this is coming from Vancouver Titans followers. We have, we have a, a good sense to go and say, this is, this is complete madness. As we know, though, the week isn't over. Who knows? Maybe the Dallas can light more fires over the course of the week going into the weekend where they actually have a batch to play. So, Hey, good luck. Um, what else has been going on in the world of Overwatch? Well, there was that Overwatch AMA on Reddit. Uh, there really wasn't any sort of smoking gun moment where Uncle Jeff or others sort of uh, shared insight as to change that we're going to see with the game. Uh, not a whole lot of talk about Overwatch 2. I, I think it was neat to, to hear them sort of talk about some of the design elements and the thought that goes into uh, players. Like they're talking about 
sort of a sim rework. They're talking about maybe sim finding a way back into the support. There was discussion about how OG sim was to have her as a support healer where her turrets didn't deal damage. They instead uh, dealt healing, um, mm. which that's a unique take. Uh, they also talked about how they had to build the game in such a way with her new alt that if sim six sims were to all try to pop Q at the same time, the game wouldn't blow up. So they actually built in a mechanic to only allow for one sim alt at a time to be utilized. So uh, there was that. They talked a little bit about skins. Um, talked about the industry. Like again, there wasn't a whole lot. Like I, I reviewed a lot of what they had said. They want crossplay to happen, but obviously there's technical issues and then uh, proprietary issues between the different uh, consoles and, and PC. Uh, uh, oh, manufacturers other games do it come on Listen no i well if i mean the epitome of cross-platform was fortnite epic was able to compel sony to acquiesce to the idea of, of cross-platform and they've right. taken it to an entire level where you have console pc and mobile all playing together i can't imagine mobile going up against pc but it is definitely well, something to do call of duty as well yeah now the one question that got asked that I wanted to sort of address was that someone who uh, uh, had asked a question about that first of all identified them as being on the receiving end of a r- numerous racist and uh, homophobic slurs within text chat and why is it that the Overwatch uh, game can't deal with that language yet has the ability to go and take GGEZ and change text so Jeff Kaplan replied by, one, apologizing that it's happening, two, asking this person to report all the cases because it really does something and it's something I take seriously, and right. in the meantime, strongly recommended uh, turning the profanity filter on. I'm sorry, Jeff. That's kind of a cop-out in my mind. GGEZ, you got you as developers were able to deal with. Is it those four characters? Is like the limit? Like, I r- report any type of foul language that I see. And we've had this conversation in Titans Discord. Uh, we've had an RSP court. I've seen on other discords as well where, oh, it, it, you know what? Nothing happens when you report. So just accept that it's part of the game. You can't accept that this is part of the game. It should not be part of the game. There needs to be more yeah. done. It's true. And I agree that, uh, yeah, some language is definitely a line that should not be crossed for anyone who wants to enjoy a game or any person uh, regardless of, you know, the situation or the game he's playing on. But unfortunately, the reality is as well that garbage human beings will find a way oh. to bypass that too. People are uh, a problem. I, I, uh... re- reporting that is probably like, yeah, like Life Force is saying all the time, if you're encountering that, uh, not only if, you know, you're not on the receiving end or it's someone on the opposing team, you know, don't be silent to that. It's not you... I'm not going to be saying like, oh, you're you're participating if you're not reporting. Of course not. But definitely uh, make a habit. It's something that will go a long way of making this game better and, and, and the world better by reporting uh, these individuals who have no place on any uh, like platform or have any type of voice to spew their hatred and stuff like that. So. No, and I, for me, like that's that's the difficulty is that yeah, I mean, I I believe I understand where, where there's a will, there's a way. People will find ways to abuse the system. So I'm not putting all the fault on Overwatch, but I think there's more that uh, Blizzard can do. And you know, their cousins over at Activision have a similar problem with Call of Duty. Like, mm. You know, and it's those are just two titles. There's a numerous number of titles where these are issues where I see name, user names, and and oh, what yeah. have you. I'm 
I think there's more that can be done. And until such time as developers, you know, truly invest time and effort to build systems to prevent this, and then, quite frankly, punish people severely for breaking these rules and violating, it'll continue. Like, I, 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 some of the things that I hear people say in text chat, there is a reason why I don't join voice comms. I don't need to hear that garbage. I'm a grown ass man. And yet I don't need to hear that garbage. I can't imagine my child, my daughter or someone's son hearing that garbage. If my daughter becomes a gamer and she takes part in that type of conversation, you can't begin to understand how much disappointment I would have. But I also concede that it can't be only the parents who have to police because it's difficult in that regard. So it's about setting the right example, being the person that you want to be like, again, we've talked about this multiple episodes. I always say, well played everyone, every match. And I truly mean it. I don't care if it was Mr. Hughes. You got rolled. I don't care if I joined like because a lever departed as the match was in uh, overtime. I always say, well played everyone. I truly mean it. It's a video game. Everyone should be having fun. If you're not having fun playing a video game, find a new video game to play to have fun with. Fun in my Overwatch? I know. It's like an equation that adds up to like, (laughs) cannot calculate. Ironically, though, this brought you to actually uh, spew out a curse word there, uh, Mr. Lightforce. Mm, true. I'm going to have to probably go back and wonder if I'm going to go. We should open up a swear jar. You, you'd be like filling that thing up all Oh, whatever. Uh, there would be like <laughs> one quarter in the jar from me. Meanwhile, like you and Sam would have multiple jars. Unbelievable. <laughs> and then uh, Patch Roll out today. Summer Games is live. Bunch of new skins. It's a three-week event. Uh, there are weekly ca- challenges to score. It's a tr- there's a Tracer skin. There's a, a Bastion skin. The Bastion skin might be one that I'm unable to obtain because I'm away for a week. And then uh, the third sk- was the third skin the Baptiste. I'm trying to think week three event now off the top of my memory. Uh, there's the Bastion, Orissa, and Tracer that are it's a no, okay, so the legendary one. Yeah, okay. it's the Orissa, Bastion the first, Orissa, and then the Tracer, I think. Okay, yes. Well, no, Tracer, Tracer's right now. Tracer's this week. She's got the, oh, well, the it's three for sure. Yeah, she's got the the Union Jack uh, uniform. Uh, Bastion is Sandcastle. Orissa is ice cream. Uh, Baptiste has got like a tropical wear. Uh, there yeah. is the. Um, there's an Echo skin, Surfboard Echo, and then uh, uh, lifeguard. Farah, lifeguard Farah, who's wearing a life vest and armor. Very, very nice skins. So, But uh, there's also an updated Lucio Ball mode. Uh, if you are a fan of Lucio Ball, you can now play Multi-Ball. In fact, not only is there two balls throughout the match, a third one for bonus points drops in every so often. So talk about Really? I'm just hearing this now. Well, this this is a good thing you listen to this podcast. Man, I love Lucio Ball. I'm going to try that out. So, uh, again, lots of good fun with Summer Games. Summer Games is one of my favorite events. Summer Games and then... now, okay, I'll concede, like, when it comes to story, like, I like archives because of the sort of story component yeah. that takes place, uh, but Summer Games is generally one of my favorite events. And Junkenstein is really fun, too. Well, Junkenstein's fun, too, but I find Junkenstein, I start memeing it. Like, you know, I beat it, and then I meme it. Mm. But, yeah, Lu- like, Lucio Ball is what I love. That really, really what fun. it comes down to, yeah. So, yeah, there we have it. Uh, episode jam-packed. 
all sorts of information. We've got the Countdown Cup taking place this weekend. A whole lot of Overwatch to consume for both us as Vancouver Titans as well as Toronto Defiant fans. And if you're a fan of the Overwatch League, a whole lot of Overwatch, as I said, to watch, tokens to earn. I'm not here next week. It's just you and Sam. Oh, basketball time. Nice. Yeah, I guess so. Full episode of basketball. Who cares what happens in the Countdown Cup? Tune in two weeks from now. Light Force is back. Um, the Larry O'Brien show. Yeah, we might. I don't know if we'll have a live stream. I'll have to talk to you and Sam about whether or not uh, you guys want to try to execute on that. Because normally it's me that does that part. So if I'm not here, I don't know. You can just stream my NBA 2K. There you go. Two of you playing it. (laughs) Portland Trailblazers against the uh, uh, Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. See, I... Last time I was a fan, it was the Vancouver Grizzlies, Super, the Seattle Supersonics. Like, yeah, I know. Um, Very sad. Yeah, the Hornets uh, were not in Charlotte; they were in Nolens. Nolens, yeah. yeah. See, long time ago, I do remember a little bit of basketball. But uh, yeah, any uh, final words of wisdom you have for all of our listeners and viewers there on me? It's probably not chocolate. <laughs> I, I when you said that i'm like man if i have time i'm gonna have to clip that so we can drop an audiogram but, uh, uh, you're right it's probably not chocolate uh final words of wisdom for me if you haven't done so already join our discord discord.io slash ready set phone again i understand that there are a lot of vancouver titans fans there already we were originally a vancouver titans podcast but now that we've expanded our uh our global influence to become more national in nature uh we do have conversation about the toronto Dauphin, and i'd like to point out that uh, friends of the show, Katrina and Scronide, uh, they're actually uh, really getting into the Toronto Defiant here. Uh, we didn't talk about it in this episode, but the Defiant actually had a video of Kareev and Agilities uh, making spring rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, I was slightly concerned when they were shopping for groceries that they didn't know what like cabbage was at one point. Like <laughs> that, that concerns me. I, I kid you not. I told my like, kids these days, my goodness, I'm turning into a boomer, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Boomer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only boomers eat cabbages apparently. Yeah, apparently. But uh, no, I mean, they're, they're providing some really good content with the asterisk that this was all recorded prior to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not really getting a whole lot of that from the Titans. Titans is just rolling out their constant to uh, uh, sort of ask a Titan two minute, videos short stuff short form doesn't really get us a whole lot more but i also concede they're worldwide so like they're recording from their bedrooms so really what much more can they do but uh, uh beyond that join discord you can follow us online every which way you can find us we're on twitter facebook instagram it's at ready set phone the one thing i'm going to ask and, and this is something you've heard me mention episodes previous but if you have never left a review for our podcast, we truly ask for you to do so. One of the best ways that you can support our podcast is by letting others know what the podcast is like. Do you love it? What is it that's awesome? What is it that needs to be improved upon? It helps us as podcasters understand what it is that we do well. Also helps us understand what we're not doing too good upon and need to fix. Now, how do you leave a review? Well, if you go into whatever your favorite podcast application happens to be Apple podcasts, uh, uh, overcast, what have you? There might be an option to go and, and uh, rate it with stars, with recommendations, thumbs up, actual verbal reviews. You can also go to podchaser.com slash already set phone, leave us a podcast review there, or you can actually review individual episodes. Hmm. But 
by doing this, it also lets others know what we are about. Uh, we didn't talk a little bit about this on the last episode, but I'll share this with you, our listeners and viewers right now. We are currently the number one result when you search on Google for Vancouver Titans podcast, as well as Toronto Defiant podcast. And we are on the first page of results if you search for Overwatch League podcast, which is cool. Uh, one, it shows that to you, our listeners, do see us as an authority on the subjects that we talk about. But two, it shows us that what we're doing matters. The more that you can go and support us by leaving those reviews, sharing our podcast with others, the better it is for us, better it is for you, because then you have more people you can talk about the podcast with. And uh, ultimately, everyone uh, everyone wins. Oh, man, I didn't know it was flexing time here. Oh, well, hey, what can I do? Ready, <laughs> set, phone, Vancouver Titans, Toronto Defiant Podcast, number one in Google search results. Pat yourselves on the back. Everyone's getting a raise. Sun's out, guns out. Exactly. But on behalf of the Missing in Action, Sam at another Sam Chan, myself, Chris at Light Force, and the ever so eloquent, it's not chocolate, on the ad on the strife. I'm going to sign this episode off with those magical two words catchphrase.